Glory to God. There is a realm. It's a place of glory. There is a realm. It's a place of life. There is a realm. Oh my gosh. It's a place of fire. There is a realm. That is free from strife. Goodness gracious, great balls of fire. One person on Facebook said no. That's fine. You're not getting high then. Lord, pass their stash. They're not smoking. Just because religion steals your birthright. I'm not going to let religion steal your birthright. We'll hold it for you until you want to get high. See, the government of demons is burning away. It's being removed by light and by living water. The demons have ruled the world since the fall, so the Bible says, the God of this world. He's no longer the God of this world. The sons bring the Father, and where there were demons, there are now angels. And we preach the angelic gospel to awaken hearts. Release from captivity your spirit, soul, mind, and bones from the seven dungeons.
like eagles taking a bath in the living water. Splish, splash. You ever seen an eagle drunk in the water before? Living water. It's eagle water. Dancing with the waters and the fish. Like a loon. And you come up out of the water after a big drink. Maybe catch a fish or something. And bring it way up into the clouds. Fresh glory, living water over all flesh. Over every four-footed critter in the garden and crawling, creeping things. Man, you look like you need a drink. We're going to keep drinking for you. You look like I need a drink. That's called true intercession. Drives the religious Pharisee crazy. <laughs> because religious spirit don't let you have fun. Fun's for the devil. You keep your drunkenness, you're getting high. Keep that in the devil's kingdom. We don't want anyone to enter the Garden of Eden because we're Pharisees. That's exactly how it is. See, the religious spirit has an agreement with the rebellious spirit. You get the knowledge of good, I'll get the knowledge of bad, evil. And they keep every human soul imprisoned in Satan's kingdom until you come to the tree of life, which is all about freedom. checking a list if you've been naughty or nice. He's just, who's thirsty? Receive. Sponge, soaking, receiving. And from being sponges, you get squeezed out every day to the measure you've learned to absorb his glory. 
overcoming all performance, all criticisms, all critiques, all opinions, all the natural realm, into the unconditional sponge love of God. <laughs> you know what the greatest maturity is in Christianity? It's not performance, it's sponge. What is the person on the throne? It's the water throne if you read Revelation 22. You drank your way up to that throne. You received and absorbed until you've received and absorbed all of them. In your consciousness, your mind is washed in the water of the word to have your whole lens of your eyes and your thoughts from his perspective by constant absorption. What is prayer? Absorption. Prayer is not babbling like pagans. Prayer is absorbing the glory of God. That becomes the presence or the atmosphere or the canopy of the tent of meeting of your temple. Is your prayer life or your absorption life? People pray and they're commanding, demanding, and all this stuff spiritual warfare, stressed out about 5G. Listen, guys. You know what the 5G is? It's on your hand. The 5Gs, which is five-fold ministry of the gods. You are gods. 5Gs. Actually, 7Gs, but we'll start with five. Pastor, evangelist, guardian and gathering, prophet, guiding, apostle, governing, and the teacher doing something with the G there. I can't remember that one. Guillotining. Oh, holy spirit. No, that's not in there. Alex Jones came out, still getting delivered. And uh, it's it's real how the enemy sows fear. I mean that is a it's a, it's darkness. And fear is a covenant with death. Fear is the fruit of eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil that puts the ball in your court. Like, you got to save yourself. You got to protect yourself from a demonic government. You don't. That's not true. That's not Christianity. Jesus saved you. He's a real person. The Bible talks repeatedly about the spirit of Christ, the spirit of Jesus. <laughs> and so that's why Christianity is the only true religion. It's based on the power of a spirit that created the world, created you, and, lo and loves you. Completely different substance altogether. Honestly, we're just trying to help people come into real Christianity. Freedom, coke the ghost, drink the gotcha. I mean, basic freedom stuff that you're not a Pharisee. Drives people crazy. Those people have demons. Their demons are being driven crazy. Freedom is to destroy bondage. What's the gospel? Preaching the year of Jubilee. 
freedom to the captive. Freedom is the most important thing for your soul because you can make knowledge bondage, information bondage, chains. Words can be chains around your heart. Only the words of the gospel have freedom and open Eden with no chains, no restrictions, no boxes. That's the concept that almost no human being even has a grid for right now. To not have a box and to not have a chain, which is a belief system different than God the Father. <laughs> that you may grow up into the head that is the Father, the Father of lights, the Father of spirits, the Father of glory. How? By going from freedom to freedom, confronting lies, which are bondages or chains of the kingdom of hell, breaking off your heart. May you bring him glory. May you please his heart. Amen. you serve his people. May you never Wow. I want to get into Colossians 1 tonight. If you're not too drunk, maybe read your Bible. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> you know, the Word of God is jet fuel for your spirit. People... Every time they ask for advice when they're all screwed up in confusion, the Spirit always says, read the Word. Confusion is the fruit of malnourishment. Fear is the fruit of malnourishment that you're not feeding your spirit. The Word is food. Jesus is the Word, and He calls Himself the bread that's come down from heaven. You have to eat Him. It's not cannibalism. It's talking about devouring the word into your spirit. You cannot read the word too much. Now, if you read the word like a Pharisee in the dry place, it becomes about performance. So get a baptism first. Receive the spirit of glory and then let the spirit of glory unveil the word. And they weeped and lamented because there was no one powerful enough enough to unveil the scroll, Revelation says. What's the scroll? The Bible. <laughs> it was a sealed letter. They'd keep it on the outside of their foreheads in little wooden boxes because no one could open the seal. Revelation talks about the seal of the scroll. See, that's what Pentecost is all about. The fire of the Spirit of Jesus came in and opened up the seal of the scroll that is simply the Bible. The Bible. The Spirit of Understanding unraveling the scroll of the Scriptures. And what's the evidence? Acts 2. Peter got up from cowering to power preaching the Word from Revelation. Instantly. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Woo. <laughs> Glory. The spirit of Jesus unravels the word. Mm -hmm. 
So, you have to have Jesus in you spiritually to read the Word. That's where most Christians miss it. They try to do it apart from His Spirit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And that definitely includes reading the Bible. Absolute insanity to try to read the Scriptures because the Bible says it's a sealed scroll. And any interpretation, any theology, any doctrine, any teaching that you get from the Bible, apart from the Lion of the tribe of Judah, will be total devilry and sorcery. That's why you got 100,000 denominations, 100,000 different interpretations of every scripture and every Bible college in the planet. And they're all wrong. All wrong. Oh, you're the only one. The Lion of the tribe of Judah is the only one that's right. Because the Bible says only he, the spirit of Jesus, the spirit of the lion, can open the Bible, the scroll. You try to do it in any other spirit, oh my, you see the fruit of it. Accusation, condemnation, you don't believe in the same carpet color as me, you're excommunicated. <laughs> you don't believe in the rapture, I can't even be your friend. You don't believe in conspiracy theories? Forget it, you're deceived. You don't believe in flat earth? I can't follow this ministry. Like, it becomes about knowledge as if that's more important than freedom and abundant life. That's a religious chain of Satan on a heart. That ain't God. That ain't sound doctrine. That's not the spirit of the line of Judah, and that's not an open scroll. That's a sealed book. That's a prison system of a word from another kingdom. That's right. So the war in the world is words. An enemy sows seed, parable of the sower, Jesus Christ sows the word of God. So what you have cultivated here in your spirit is growing here in your heart. See, what you entertain through your ears goes down into your spirit. Most people have demons right in their spirit. I mean, there's 200 million demons. They only live inside human flesh. There's probably demons in you. <laughs> probably. Don't, don't get all paranoid about it. But stuff's going to come out progressively. I've been in the glory 21 years. I'm still getting delivered. You will too. To think you're clean is just insanity because then you'll get into pride and be like, man, I got all my ducks in a row. You never get your ducks in a row. You get more undone and more broken. You get more crystal clear and broken that the human facade of fake goodness is shattered and that you're just completely broken in your entire being and poured out and your spirit just runs through a broken human being. You stay broken. You never fix Humpty Dumpty. He just a million pieces fell from a great wall. And what flows through someone that walks in true brokenness of humility? The river of life. That's where you find the river of life. Pride lifts you up. <laughs> Pride lifted Jesus up onto the top of the temple. False religion. Pride literally physically lifted Jesus up on the top of the universe and showed him all the kingdoms of the world. It is written in all the Gospels. Satan is the spirit of pride, the number one enemy of your souls. That's what you wrestle against 
inside your spirit, soul, mind, ears, eyes, and bones constantly. That's the curse of the fall. The curse of the fall is only pride. Pride. And until you have diamonds as skin, you haven't overcome it. Don't even deceive yourself or others. Because the overcoming of the pride that's in the world, the pride of life, the pride of the temple, the pride of the mountain, the pride of the ability of man, the pride of possessions, the pride of knowledge, which is original sin, the pride of self, <laughs> the pride of education, the pride of spirituality, the pride of a culture, the pride of anything except the lion's pride of Jesus Christ, <laughs> which is fire, true humility is absolute insanity. The Bible actually calls it madness. Ecclesiastes has three categories for all human behavior on planet Earth of all time. Wisdom, madness, and folly. Wisdom is love. Wisdom is divine love, agape. That's what wisdom is. Madness is pride. Folly is lust. So all that's in the world is just simply madness and folly. Ecclesiastes means the teacher. It's a perfect teaching. I mean, it's all in one little book called The Teacher, but it's so deep in wisdom, few can open the scroll because you have to be in to the one spirit of the lion of the tribe of Judah. Interesting that the book of Revelation of Jesus Christ says, that only the lion's spirit can open the scroll. Why? Because it's fire. Did our hearts not burn within us as we walked with him along the way, illuminating the scriptures? So the burning of the heart, they walked on the road to Emmaus with two of his disciples, two of the 72 that walked with him in his three-year ministry, and their hearts began to burn inside them as Jesus was illuminating the scriptures of all the activity the resurrected Lord Jesus could do in the whole planet. He could do anything. He wasn't showing off signs and wonders. What was he doing? Burning the scriptures into his disciples' hearts. Most important activity. Isn't that interesting? What's the most important thing Jesus is doing after he's resurrected? Barbecuing. That's right. Right on the beach. <laughs> you guys know about that? In the Gospel of John. How casual. See, no, it's an intense thing. He is the spirit of life. But he's barbecuing. Why? He wants you to be at peace. He's the prince of peace. Everything he does is intense, not with an anxiety, because this isn't knowledge that produces anxiety. Put it in your spirit. If you haven't learned to get it to bypass your brain yet, the knowledge of the glory will completely make the carnal mind go insane. That's why every mental hospital in America is at capacity right now. Cap. Why? Religion. Because the knowledge, if you try to put it in your brain and control it, only God can put it in his brain and only God can control it. You're not created for information in the brain. You're created for the word of God in your spirit 
and for God to control your brain through his spirit. Romans chapter 8, whoever's brain is controlled by the spirit of God is what? At peace with God. Peace. Why? Because we forfeit the control of information from our brain. That's what faith is. Faith is the forfeit of information. That I will not use information, revelation, for the self-nature, which is the brain. Remember, he died at the place of the brain to set you free from your brain so that your spirit could be built up with the word. Because the spirit ability is life. The brain ability is death. Not preached enough. Brain ability. People pet people's brains. That's what false Christianity is. That's what Jezebel is. Jezebel is the prophet of the brain. Elijah is the prophet of the river. John the Baptist was in the river. He was called the spirit of Elijah in the Bible. Why? Where does the river come from? John 7, 38, out of your belly. So the real prophetic comes here. That's why they're crazy. That's why they look crazy. They're the most sane people. They're the most in grip with reality in the world. But those that live out of the carnal mind, what does the Bible say? To the Greeks, it's foolishness. And to the Jews, it's a stumbling block. What's the resurrection? What's the resurrection? The river of life. The river of life is what type of life? What quality of life? The resurrection life. I am the resurrection and the life, Jesus said. Amen? Come on. Jesus Christ said, I am the resurrection and the life. Is that resurrection life fully available to you now if you get into your spirit and get out of your head? Yes, to every person on the planet. Everyone has the exact same river, the exact same Jesus, the exact same revelation is available like a feast, like a platter of the priesthood of Melchizedek, of the table of the Lord. I prepare a feast for you, the marriage supper of the Lamb. What's the marriage supper of the Lamb? Humanity through the Lamb that was slain, eating the words from God as a feast every day. Keep the feast. Christianity is a feast, not a fast. Christianity is a celebration. Real Christianity that the apostles walked in, they were called renegades. Like Hell's Angels bikers. Not demonic, but that kind of rebellious. These are the men who turned the world upside down, the lawyers said about them. <laughs> in the book of Acts. These are the renegades that turned the world upside down. So if you're not having fun, you're not practicing the real version that Jesus brought to his apostles. That's the restoration of all things, that you would walk with the Father in the coolness of the day and have more fun than anyone else and draw them to jealousy because they're all wrong except the lion of the Judah's spirit that has opened the word of God burning in your heart. The fiery coals of the seraphim's tongues, Isaiah 6, what did the seraphim put in his mouth? The word. Not some fancy gemstone, not some mystical crap. The word. He put the word right on his lips from the Father's heart, meaning God the Father's interpretation of the scripture. Simple as that. This ain't complicated. It's just, it deals with our pride so deeply, few can even handle it. Because it's like, we're right because we have some level of understanding. Listen, man, we got to stay children in everything, teachable, clay in the potter's hand. Even if he's put you through the kiln seven times, 
Don't think he's done working on you. He fills the, the jar of clay, comes out of the kiln. It's nice, it's beautiful, awesome vessel. Fills it with oil. Then what does he require? Smash it to pieces. Alabaster box. Whoa! So you get refined in fire seven times. Wisdom, wisdom, wisdom. Built up in the seven pillars of God. Oh, learning wisdom, understanding, counsel, knowledge, might, all this revelation stuff. Heavenly encounters, angels. We had an angel feather last night fall on the new green bull hide when we opened up the new studio. <laughs> wow. That stuff's awesome. We love signs and wonders, as it's written Isaiah. We are for signs and wonders in Israel. Glory. It's awesome for unbelievers. But <laughs> all of that stuff is simply to build up your faith. And then what's the perfection of faith? The smashing of all of it. The complete and total destruction of the vessel, which is actually your transfiguration, metamorphosis. The whole thing bakes in the sun, and the fire actually burns the old nature up. How much fire can you have before you squirm like a worm in a cocoon and want to crawl out? Get me out of here. Oh, my God, I'm dying. You are dying. God's killing you and Satan's killing you. Which death will you choose? The death of self, the death of selfishness, the death that comes from sin, or the death that comes from Christian metamorphosis? One is everlasting life. One is everlasting death. <laughs> but either way, you're going to die. True overcomers have overcome death. True soldiers and warriors of Joel's army have no fear of death. I'll tell you a story, just to calm you down a little bit. The first couple months of Red Litter Ministries in the spring of 2006, I was working with an Assemblies of God church here on Lake Street. And we had a wonderful Bible study, a couple friends from Bible college. It was my senior year, about to graduate in a month or two. And God had told me already, audibly, with his voice in my car, to call your ministry the Red Letter Ministry. And don't be a youth pastor in the AG, doing organic work, work amongst the gangs, the crackheads, all this stuff he, he had planned for us. And... So we had all that lined up, and it already started working with the men's group and doing some stuff and the ministry. But I'm fresh. You know, I'm a missionary in the inner city and about two months old into full-time ministry while I'm already just finishing up a couple classes at, at school. And I'm leaving this Bible study. I got a sister in Christ next to me. And all of a sudden, I look over to my left, 15 feet away from me, and right on the corner, four little gangsters push this dude down on the ground and empty a clip into his brain. Point blank range. Brain matter spraying out of the side of his head, all over the sidewalk. And on the other side of that pistol is me. That's the first two months of Red Letter Ministries. Execution style murder. <laughs> I said, is this what we're getting ourselves into? Yes, it is. And it hasn't calmed down, to be honest with you. I've had drive-by shootings maybe at least 15 times in the front of my house. There's bullet holes in nearly every room in this house. It's a real crack house. It was ran by the biggest mafia in Minneapolis before we got it. It was condemned for two and a half years, so they're all cleared out, all arrested and dead. But there is blood in the basement, nine millimeter cartridges over the, the doorposts, locks on all the insides of the doors for the kids to hide from the rapists and the murderers. 
And it was real, man. And it's been really bad, and it's getting really good. I tell you what, that kind of level of training is necessary for leadership in the USA. If you lived in the suburbs, you haven't really dealt with what is going on in America. They're full of opinions. <laughs> they hate it, but you need to humble yourself because you're not on the front lines and you don't know. You weren't there. <laughs> you don't have experience. You don't understand the streets of America, the ghettos, the projects, the intensity of gang warfare, the crack epidemic, the drug epidemic. I mean, it is, and it touches all society, but I'm telling you, the root of it is in the ghettos of America. It really is. Whew. And God is dealing with the root system of the USA. What does he say? Blessed are the poor. Go to the poor. Poorest neighborhood in Minnesota right here. Not so much anymore. They're selling for 250000 now. It used to be the poorest neighborhood. North Minneapolis. After the foreclosure in 2008, over 50% of North Minneapolis foreclosed. I mean, you haven't seen poverty like that. It was insane. And I know every city's got their problems. I know it's probably worse than Atlanta and Detroit. But God didn't ask us to go to Atlanta or Detroit <laughs> or to Queensbridge. He asked us to go to North Minneapolis. I would have gone anywhere. I would have done anything. I mean, this is what we signed up for. Whatever you want to do, Father, we'll do it to advance your agenda. And we've never backed off. That's how you have to be resolute, signing at the bottom, leaving a blank page, letting God fill it in every day. Living in the unknown, and it is always as wild as you can trust him for. If you want it controlled and tame, he'll allow you to be in the nursery, but don't expect to be a warrior. Don't expect to be government. Don't expect to be on the front lines. You'll be way, way, way off the action. That is just not where Red Letter Ministries has ever been. We've been in the fray from the very beginning, as I just testified. It has not calmed down since Lake Street <laughs> in 2006, 14 and a half years ago. The glory has only intensified, and the glory is all the same. What changes is our mind. Romans 12, 2, you're constantly renewed in the mind. Be transformed by the renewing of the mind. That's a constant thing. My mind is hundreds of times more renewed now than it was when I started ministry. <laughs> and listen, you look back and you got to have a sense, or a sense of humor about it. We were way too serious. You know, <laughs> you get angry too easily. The fruit was much less. That's to be expected. You get over all of that so quickly. You get into so much grace because you've needed it for yourself to continue to grow. <laughs> so you have it for everyone. People are so intense in self-examination. It's not healthy. Can you imagine a tree just constantly looking at its roots? Oh, I'm not growing fast enough. I'm not drinking enough. Where's my fruit? Dude, I mean, you're a tree. Give it time. This is like tree ant territory here. He's the ancient of days, not just the momentary flick. <laughs> he ain't going anywhere. Past, present, future, eternal timeline. You'd be surprised. We're in a rush. He's not. He's so patient. 
long suffering. I'm not talking about your long suffering. That's disobedience. That's unbelief. God's long suffering, the fruit of God's spirit, long suffering. That's him suffering until our whole soul is controlled by his spirit. That's true. That's the only suffering there is once you get into God the Father. Because <laughs> it's all about him. Becoming father freaks. This ain't about us. This isn't about me. It becomes progressively not about us and about him, which makes it about others. Love your neighbor as yourself, the golden rule. It's called the law of the new covenant. Love, the law of love. God's original design is that the law of love would rule the earth. Clearly, they broke that law, and they get into all kinds of other laws, and they forget the golden law, the law of the new covenant, which is agape. Agape is a law. There's only one law in the entire New Testament of the new covenant. A-G-A-P-E. Very different than phileo. Very different than eros. Very, very different than human love. Divine love actually puts your spirit in other people's bodies. Eros puts your flesh in other people's bodies. That's sin, except within marriage covenant. Agape actually builds each other's spirit up. Totally different. See, the natural realm of immorality is a direct counterfeit of Christian fellowship or Garden of Eden activity. The level of intimacy and fellowship of everyone in heaven is far greater than even the best friends in the greatest purity on earth. We don't have a grid for it. People get uncomfortable. Why? Because people are full of lust. <laughs> people are full of lust, which is what? Folly. Folly. What's the answer to both folly and madness, lust and pride? Wisdom, which is agape. True divine wisdom, which is agape, the fire of God. The fire of wisdom. That changes everything. That changes your perspective. That changes your understanding. That changes you from human being, which is self-care, to divine being, which is God cares, God loves, God is love. Not me is love, or I need to love. It's God is a love. You are simply the channel that the electricity is flowing through. You're only asked to tune in by listening and agreeing to the word. That's the only job of the believer. It's written. What is the job? To believe in the one God sent. People do everything but that. They want to be everything. They want to be all the energy. They want to be the light. They want to be the word. They want to be God, which is religious activity. You will never be God, but you'll always be a channel of God, which is a son of God and a daughter of God. God is God. You're not. Dealing with pride of the temple and pride of the mountain until there's a full realization of the movement of the electricity through your body. You know, the New Agers are right about channeling. They just got the wrong spirits being channeled through. <laughs> some of them tap into the Holy Spirit. You'd be surprised. They go back into some religious spirit. But we're going to get rid of every other spirit that humanity can channel. You know, that's our job. Your heart... Your brain, your ears, your eyes, 
are constantly tuning in to frequencies, colors, vibrations of the invisible world and then manifesting it through your flesh. You've been doing it subconsciously since the time you came into the earth, when you were born. You were listening to your parents' words. They were training your frequency. They were training your vibration. They were training what color you saw. They were putting you in whatever box that they're in through words and vibrations, through energy and electricity. Well, that's all fallen angel activity. That's fallen human activity. When you get into not those shadows, but the true light, you get into true vibration. There's the vibration of the glory of God. Make you shake, rattle, and roll. <laughs> the real vibration, the thunder of God, the thunder of the word. There is a frequency of the angels that's so high, you come around, it's like sirens in lower levels of hearing. That's why they freak out, the spasm, the manifest. You just come around and you bring that high angelic frequency. Everything in everyone's heart starts to burn and boil. It comes right out of their face. Pretty soon they'll be saying the weirdest things out of their mouths because you're burning up their hearts. You are tuning them in to the frequency of God, to the channel of God. Real television, real channeling because everything here is light. Everything. Blood is gel light. Blood is liquid light. Did you know it? It's true. Scientific fact. Blood is liquid light. Blood is the carrier of the belief systems in your heart. Your heart is pumping out light from what you currently believe in the heart. And you can have stuff in your brain, but we know that's all the facade. That's all the fake religious crap you deal with, everyday religious people. But, but, but it is all in the brain. It's all fake. <laughs> you bring that down into the heart, it gets real. And then the heart carries it in the light of the blood, and the word is made flesh. The epistle becomes alive, living epistles. How? Mixed blood. Drink my blood. Why? You need the carrier system of the word of God in you to be a Christian. <laughs> Remember, the whore of Babylon's drunk on the blood of the saints. Drinking from the wrong cup, that's the cup of demons. It's the cup of Cain. It requires other people to sacrifice for your false Christianity. True Christianity is agape, meaning I drink his sacrifice and pour it out on others. Paul says, as a true apostle, I have poured out my life as a libation offering, a drink offering for others. Amen? What is that? Blood. The life is in the blood. The river of life is in the blood. The carrying of the belief systems in your heart is carried by blood, and blood is light. Not all blood's the same. There was blood inside the Egyptians' houses. Angel of death came in and ate them. <laughs> Monsters are real. Now, there was a different type of blood on the Israelites' doorposts. And the angel of death, Passover. Wow. Why? Different blood, different angels. How do you change your blood to have no longer demons, but Holy Ghost? awesome angels which is the funnest thing every day 
change your heart, change your blood. How do you get a blood transfusion? The words are written on the tablet of the heart, Hebrews says. So he will write his words in fire on our heart. Okay, Old Testament, tablets of stone. Why? Profitable for wisdom. You needed understanding. New Testament. Okay, Moses is now in the New Testament. Moses is here. The apostolic is here. Writing the word of the law of love, the golden rule, on your heart. Most important ministry is the writing of the word of God on your heart. Did our hearts not burn within us? As he wrote his word on our heart, walking along the way. Gospel of John. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> and he'll keep writing. The issue is, how many pages will you give him? What is the length of your book? Is it Jude? God bless Jude. Love Jude. What the heck, though, man? <laughs> you know? You're the brother of Jesus. Literally blood relative. Same mom. Jude was Jesus' half-brother. Lived in the same house. Listen, I can't get over this. I'm going to have to have a conference with him in heaven soon. That you would spend... <laughs> your entire life with your Messiah as your half-brother and then only have 20 verses to write about it. And the things he says in there are quoted from Enoch and it's so crazy. It is some of the most advanced revelation. So, I mean, he is deep. Jude is deep. Jude's an apostle. Woo! But you think you could give us a little more. The thing is, is he had a lot more. Now, check this out. Just because you only get 20 verses from Christ's brother, blood brother, same mom, same household, would have known all the intricate details of his older brother's life. I mean, the crazy stuff that John says, if, if we were to tell you, it'd fill all the books in the world. They don't fill all the books in the world. We keep it a mystery. Why? Just like Enoch. Enoch walked with God and then was not. What's that about? You tell me the most powerful man in the Old Testament gets like, one sentence that bothered me for years until I discovered the book of Enoch and you get a lot more clues and that might have been the reason why they didn't talk more about it because he already had a huge book but you'll find that, that that word is so simple and God likes it that way that word is the door tiny tiny little book couple sentences in the Bible this is where Christianity gets fun where there's very little mentioned about it and it spurs your curiosity. Seek, and you will find. Knock, the door will be opened. What are you knocking on? The scripture, the logos, the written word. If you find something in here that intrigues you, keep knocking. Let the spirit of Jesus, the spirit of the Lion of the tribe of Judah, open that scroll and go on a scroll ride, a scroll adventure. You'll find your mind goes right through the scroll, reading rainbow. You go right into the rainbow of the word. Seven spirits of God. The rainbow of the living word. And you have encounter. That's how you gain actual wisdom. That's how you grow in the knowledge of the glory, which is life. Glory is simply the quality of life of God the Father. We're into the glory. We are the glory. We love the glory. We are the children of the glory. We are glory freaks, glory drunks, glory addicts. What is the glory? Simply the life of God. That's the light and the life and the water of God, the glory of God. Amen. You have to mix the word with the glory. See, 
When we were Pentecostals in the lesser glory, I'll tell you the truth now. I went through Pentecostal Christianity, charismatic Christianity, glory stream Christianity, kept going into sonship Christianity. Amen. And listen, there are so many blessings along the way. They all have rewards, even though we had to keep going. Otherwise, we would have died because they didn't go far enough. We need to go way further than anyone in Christianity has gone. And we're asked to by God. And the spirit of truth is leading us into all of that unknown truth. Greater mysteries than ever before. It's not just going to be the best wine for last. It's also going to be the best bread, which is the greatest understanding of the Bible. It will confront everything you think you know. <laughs> but I didn't learn that in Bible college. That pastor didn't preach that Sunday morning. My pastor's got signs and wonders. My pastor raised 200 people from the dead. God bless your pastor. He's a mighty man of God. That doesn't mean he has revelation like Enoch. And that doesn't mean the person with revelation like Enoch is better than your pastor. What it means is all of us together are learning how to get better bread, better wine to save this world. Amen. This is not a comparison issue like the kingdom of hell's false Christianity. This is an envy and strife like immaturity with demons. This is feasting. Now, if you're at a feast, someone comes in with the greatest food you'd ever imagine. Are you angry? Are you pissed off? No. You get your fork ready. Oh, my God. Thank you. And you start eating. But for some reason, we don't see revelation and wine and glory realms and unknown mysteries that way. We need to be healthy and understand it. God's preparing feasts for you to start eating, and as you eat, you'll increase the feast and start bringing more food. It's been a few years where I can't really eat very much from other tribes because it doesn't feed me. That I haven't found better food on planet Earth except in our tribe from our apostles and our prophets, and if they're not our apostles and prophets, I'll be around them until they kind of get assimilated like the Borg Collective. That's how we grew our leadership team. Because they're a bunch of drunkards and gluttons. You got a bunch of people that have found how to feast on God come together. That's what Red Letter Ministries is. <laughs> it's true. People that know how to keep the feast. Amen. You might be a part of the leadership team because it's really not about an organization, a 501c3, any of that nonsense of the, the seven mountains. This is about the kingdom and the throne and the marriage supper of the Lamb. And if someone has learned how to bring the best food and the best wine, we sit under anyone. God had me sit under 25 different apostles and prophets before I was in full-time ministry. Do you understand that? That he had me submit to people more mature than me for years and years and years. And I could not be promoted unless I went through them. And it was awesome. I had an amazing time. Yes, 99% of them condemned me when God promoted me over them because they just wanted to control. But God used them for a portion of my spiritual growth. <laughs> There's only been like one man God used in my life that didn't try to kill me and control me when I surpassed him. And what is surpassing? The tree of life has grown up in your heart lifting you up into higher realms of resurrection life, a greater humility. Surpassing someone in humility is surpassing them in wisdom. 
greater glory. And the spirit and the river will carry you. There are seasons that you will be with men and women and you will glean from them. And then maybe God will bring another man or another woman or a community of men and women for your maximum growth. God's a gardener. All he cares about is your growth, fruit that lasts. So what is God's plans for your life to grow you? Because God's a gardener. Jesus said the nature of the Father. What is the Father like? No one knew the Father in all Israel. No one had ever called God the Father until Jesus came and said, you got a new Father now, Spirit of Adoption. There was no teaching on planet or in Judaism, Judaism where God was Father. It was all God. It was all formal. It was all religious. Now, what is the nature of the good Father, the Heavenly Father, the perfect and holy Father? Garden works. He's gardening. He's gardening your heart, and he's growing from your heart himself. What is he gardening? Him, your maker, within you. If there's any other father messing with your soil, expect him to get out some kind of device that will kill it. And people get offended by that and be like, oh, man, you're attacking me. I'm attacking a demon, a false father, a seed line that's going to have bad fruit. And people get defensive of words and seeds in their spirit that are not from God the Father. Offense is the fruit of pride. Amen. <laughs> Glory. You think God the Father can get offended? How could he? He's omniscient. You're all-knowing. How could you be offended? Humility can't be offended. Humility has understanding of everything in everyone. And you just let them abuse you. You just get verbally assaulted by everyone who's just right in their brain. People lifted up by Satan under the temple, calling themselves Christian leaders. People lifted up by Satan unto the top of the mountains of this world, calling themselves successful CEOs. <laughs> when they're freaking murderers. There's no success in anything the devil's ever done. And so the children of the devil that have been lifted up in religion and rebellion and business and seven mountains in the human flesh and in the human ability and the human nature are all going to lose everything. What does the Bible say? The wealth of the wicked is sorted for the righteous. Why? Because they have been stealing in all their false success partnered with demons for thousands of years. And God knew a time was coming when his royal offspring would be built up by his royal power and restore the fortunes of Zion. Zion is a nation, people. I'm not talking about the Zionism of Jewish racism. People get confused. What are you talking about Zion? I'm talking about the mountain of the Lord that rises as chief of all the mountains in the last days, Isaiah chapter 2. God dwells in Zion. Zion is the soul of the Father. The interior castle is a mountain. The mountain of the Lord is the soul of the Father. So Christianity is actually going around room to room, led by the Spirit and the Word and innumerable angels, getting tours inside the mountain, Mount Zion. There's a throne on top. There's a city on top. It's called the New Jerusalem. Now you go into every room and that you're experiencing the realms of God, the realms of glory, the characteristics, attributes that make God, God, the goodness of God, the wisdom of God, the holiness of God, the fun and freedom of God. 
This is how you will spend eternity. Living in the realms of God because the mountain of the Lord is heaven. That's what the kingdom of heaven is. The kingdom of heaven is a mountain. It's the mountain of God's soul. Now, I'm speaking in angelic language here. So please, if your brain's not getting it, put it in your spirit. Later on, you'll understand. Because this is how angels understand. Because it's in the spirit. It's built in the spirit. Built by the spirit. It's in the angelic world. Fallen angels understand this. And they use the same blueprint by God's original design in mountains and realms, in dimensions of the invisible spirit world. Fallen angels, holy angels, all the same. Use the same terminologies, the same understanding. I'm teaching you the ways of the angels. That's the knowledge of the glory for your spirit man to be angelic. They are the angel-like sons of God, the children of the resurrection, Luke chapter 20. It is written so that your inner man is operating in the realm of eternity while your outer man is simply the cup of that spirit life into the earth. The earth is different than any other planet in the universe because it has a terrestrial plane, a theater from the spirit world. So the whole spirit world watches earth. You look out at Hubble, they haven't found life anywhere, have they? Why? Because this dimension is exclusive to earth. Now there's all kinds of other dimensions and there's all kinds of other stuff going on, but it's in different dimensions. Earth's dimension of the flesh, where the lamb was slain, rules them all. Oh my gosh. Drink my blood, eat my flesh, conquer the natural dimension, and it will take the Holy Ghost growing up in your heart, but it's the ruling of the universe. That's why the serpent wanted this dimension, tempting Adam and Eve at the feet in the natural dimension. The enemy had to come like a gardener snake into the natural realm and reveal its accurate size at the feet of God's son, Adam. That's what Satan, who's deceived the whole world, is accurately looks like from the glory realm's perspective. Is he a big red dragon? No, he's a little tiny gardener snake. Genesis, the genesis of Satan. Very important. Because that's where he's going, and the woman crushes him under feet when she gets big in the spirit. Wow. How do you get big in the spirit? The knowledge of the glory. Feasting, the word of God, your heart on fire. Burning and growing. Do not despise the day of saplings, small beginnings. People get into some fake fertilizer garbage all the time because the temptations of the evil one are intense. So there's so much grace for continual failure. You're lucky if you don't fail 100 times a day. <laughs> and all of us. It's true. Because the only one who doesn't fail is he who's in you, the greater one, Jesus. This is the pressure for him to perform and to bring your mind into that rest and enjoy the days of small beginnings. God's not looking for super apostles, super prophets. He's looking for sons and daughters who learn absorption. And if you learn absorption, maybe you'll absorb some of his apostolic grace, some of his prophetic grace, his teacher and pastor and evangelist grace, and that will be squeezed out of you from absorption. But the only pressure is to receive. Salvation comes by hearing, faith by hearing, and hearing by 
the word of God. Fire, wisdom, living, seven spirits of God, lion of the tribe of Judah, opening the scroll of the logos written word into your ears, going all the way down, cleaning up the heart. You're sanctified in your heart by feasting on the word of God. Marriage Supper of the Lamb is people who have learned the ways of the new covenant and how to feast on the word of God for their hearts to burn inside them like the noonday sun. You want your heart to burn like the noonday sun? Keep eating the word. There'd be fire. You'd be a flamethrower. And everyone around you be reacting to you because you're burning them up and they don't like it. They want you to calm down. They'll try to throw a cold towel on you. They'll start accusing you if they can't do anything else. And when the accusations don't work because you're too in love, they kill you sometimes. It's called martyrdom. Million martyrs. Wouldn't calm down, stayed on fire, got their heads chopped off. Just in the first century alone, about a million Christians murdered for being a Christian. Isn't that wild? You know, there's been more in the last 20 years than all the other centuries combined, mainly in the Middle East. It's not really talked about. Woo! Insane stuff in Muslim nations going on. Hallelujah. But listen, God's going to pour out his glory in all flesh, and he's not going to ask if you're a Muslim. He's not going to ask if you're a Jew. He's not even going to ask if you're a Christian. He's just going to rain his glory from the sky like the days of Noah. But before you see the physical glory, it's going to be an invisible glory. But they're going to, it's going to be changing their invisible nature. It's going to be changing their frequency, their vibration. Man, I feel so weird today. Well, it's raining the glory of God, dude. Oh, we haven't been believing the preacher, that crazy fanatic. They will. <laughs> the floods are going to get them. Everyone's going to get swallowed up by the glory. But I see for the next year, and we see as a tribe, and the leaders here are seeing, that it's going to be invisible for a while now. If you're looking for the physical manifest glory cloud over cities, look a little further than 2021, maybe 2022. Oh, yeah. It's coming quick, but you still have some time before the physical manifest glory. And once the glory becomes physical, oh my gosh, and people start playing hide and go seek in the cloud and you just take the air like this, like a Shekinah snowball and paint on body parts. You can't have cancer. You can't have anything. I mean, you live in the cloud of God. That's coming in the next couple years, people. I'll tell you a story of William Seymour and the Azusa Street Revival of L.A. of 1906 to 1916. When the glory of God hit L.A. 100 years ago, they played hide-and-go-seek in the glory. They had this barn, you know, way back then, horse and carriage before there were really cars, people coming in on steamships from around the planet. Big-time global revival, the reintroduction of the Holy Spirit, Azusa Street, fire. The glory be so strong in that building, they play hide-and-go-seek, you couldn't see your neighbor 15 feet away. The physical cloud. It was inside a building. But it was a type and shadow, the Holy Spirit warning the planet, because millions went through Azusa Street, famous to this day. It was the Holy Spirit, God the Father, Jesus Christ, and the kingdom of heaven declaring, here's a taste of what's coming in about a hundred years. 
You come into this building, they go up and they grab the cloud. Anyone with faith, just grab the cloud. You could see the glory. You could see the power of God. You grab it like a snow cone and just paint body parts. So an amputee, they just paint a new leg on. Missing teeth, paint new teeth on. Missing an eye, just put a new eye in. And literally use the glory to paint people perfected. That's how God created the heavens and the earth. And that level of glory, that level of faith, that's coming. But before you see it physically, God's going to do a real testing in the world invisibly. We've been walking in the invisible cloud. I've had the physical cloud come to me for seven days. Or be a physical manifest cloud where he couldn't see eight feet across the room for seven days. When, when I was only one year old in the Lord. I was living downtown Minneapolis, locked up, court-ordered to Minnesota Teen Challenge, got radically sick, saved, delivered from drugs and violence. And they gave you books to read in the program. And they gave me one of my first books, like three months old in the Lord, just got baptized in the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues, just on fire. They gave me Good Morning Holy Spirit by Benny Hinn. And the Spirit of God said, read it out loud, because now I was in the occult so I could hear spirits clearly. Now I'm only hearing the Holy Ghost. So, I mean, that's the only spirit influence in my mind. The Spirit of God said, read it out loud. As I read it out loud, the glory cloud materialized and remained in my room for seven days. Every staff member that came in fell on their face. we just lay out. We didn't have drunken glory terminology back then. We'd just be laid out on, you know, four months old in the Lord, laid out on the bed, just soaking and vibrating, looking into the cloud of glory. So we've had a taste of the physical manifest cloud, but it's mostly been invisible, but it's the same. So God hides himself for you to seek and find. And as you seek and find, you find his requirements of what needs to change in your heart, your mind, and your flesh. And that's called sanctification. Mm -hmm. Consecrate yourself wholly to the Lord. Be set apart from the world's ways, from the religious demon's ways, from Jezebel's false Christianity's ways, and learn the ways of my glory, says the Lord. And then his glory will appear. Like the angel feather yesterday, you, you see signs and wonders not constantly because you're living in union with the Father. And he'll reveal himself when he wants to. This ain't about a magic show. This ain't Barnum and Bailey. <laughs> this is not a circus. This is the throne room of God the Father. He's in charge. If he asks you for a, an opinion and a suggestion, it's because you're his friend. But he's in charge. You just let him make the decisions. You follow God. He's not following you at all in anything. God's not a follower in anything. He might come around, humble himself, ask you some questions, pretend like he doesn't know something just because he wants to interact. God is a perfect know-it-all, but he's in perfect humility, perfect love to empower you all the time. And it really pisses people off because we think we know something. We my God, we only know what he's revealed. It's called revelation. And if you stay humble, he will reveal so much to you and get you stupid levels of wise where you don't even have to talk. Your spirit can just know, 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 glow, 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 and enjoy it all the time. Don't even have to be right. Don't even correct people half the time. Let them believe whatever they want. I'm just going to burn in the truth on my heart on fire, just being an internal furnace. 
And if the Father wants to correct someone, if someone's actually hungry for righteousness, thirsty for righteousness, give them a feast. Let them enter the... But I had, I'd never forced down God's fine dining A5 Wagyu down anyone's throat. This is a get-to, not a have-to. If you're going to score in the holy things of God, treat as common the precious things of heaven. Don't cast your pearls before swine. In public ministry, he often has us cast pearls. And you see the swine. You've watched this ministry and how people have treated these words and this spirit. <laughs> and it's been quite the show. God does that to bring judgment. See, now, there are levels of wisdom that will, God will do something knowing their reaction will be negative. Why? Listen. When God told Jesus to do stuff, it was rare there was a positive reaction. Show me that in the scriptures. Jesus obeyed the Garden of Gethsemane, gets arrested, flogged, beaten, and crucified. Oh, there's, that doesn't look like the fruit of obedience getting persecuted. It is. It's not being accepted. It's not being treated well. It's not increasing your offerings. It's not increasing your viewers. It's not growing your church. The obedience to the Father, written from Genesis to Revelation, Patmos, exile, is usually you're going to get beaten. Show me one example otherwise. Oh, you're going to get favor. You're not going to get favor at first. Maybe later on after you burn up all the demons out of them. That takes a lot of work of the Lord Jesus through your life being channeled. It takes a lot of work. We have barely grown in favor for a hundred people to even tolerate our ministry in 15 years of obeying God the Father. Even most of the people watching, their spouse despises us and refuses to have anything to do with us. So it's like you don't even have the whole house on board. It's like totally division because Satan has controlled Christianity for hundreds of years. Big time. So you're tested to see what you're pleasing. And obedience, the rewards don't please the flesh often. And so you get disheartened. I mean, like, what's the point of obeying God if they just hate me more? Well, his glory increases. And you're going to have to decide, am I serving the increase of his glory? And I came to that decision a very long time ago, knowing the rewards of obedience, they're going to hate you. They're going to lie about you. They're going to mock you. They're going to gossip about you. They're going to say every vile, horrible thing because they're full of Satan and demons. And they think they're right. These are stubborn, rebellious people influenced by serpents in their ears. Who cares? I'll serve the glory. Make it a thousand times worse. Oh, king of Babylon, turn it up seven times hotter. Punk. Amen. You have to have that attitude. You come into Christianity, think you're going to get rewarded for doing good. You'll burn out in a week. You're going to get persecuted probably be kicked out of your family. You'll be kicked out of your Bible college. Just like everyone else that obeyed God in the Bible, you actually become a real disciple. I'm not talking about rebellion. I'm talking about for the glory of God. Peter said that if you suffer as a Christian, if you are persecuted for his glory, then you have rewards. If you are mistreated just because you're a fool, zeal without knowledge, knowledge immature, making bad decisions or religious, zero rewards. That's just demonic suffering. Don't, don't expect to get rewards for Mother Teresa activity. I'll just tell you that right now. 
You will not get any rewards from God the Father for Mother Teresa activity, just suffering. She was a miserable, miserable lady. People hold her up and call her a saint. Listen, that doesn't take the Holy Ghost. The joy of the Lord is our strength. God's not looking for Mother Teresa's. God's looking for an apostolic bride that's so glorified and so happy that she can prepare the best feast for the nations to get drunk on. Can you imagine Mother Teresa drunk on the new wine? I'm not saying she's not in heaven. But oftentimes what we esteem as Christian heroes are barely even saved once they die and go to heaven. Barely even saved. C.S. Lewis, Lewis got into heaven by the skin of his teeth. Mother Teresa got into heaven by the skin of her teeth. Almost no rewards. Oh, does that hurt your feelings? Truth, anyhow, the rewards are for those that obey the Father in his glory. Peter says explicitly that the only suffering is for the increase of God's glory. And people will want to attack you because the glory will give you the royal and divine life. The glory will give you the Zoe life, the king's life. And so people want to talk about the prosperity gospel. They want to talk negatively about those with jets and airplanes and multi-billion dollar ministries, and they're out there. You know, there's ministries in the world that are billionaires already for, like, decades, and we want to attack that. Certainly there is room for growth because we're all still growing, but that's actually quite a lot more accurate what God the Father is like in heaven than Mother Teresa. I mean, thousands of times more accurate. God's a king. Let me tell you about the Garden of Eden. 12, 24 carat mountains larger than Everest surrounding Eden. That's the Father's heart, the Father's garden. A level of opulent wealth that makes trillionaire Solomon look poor in contrast. You don't have a grid for divine kingship. Neither do I. But that's where the Holy Spirit's going to take us. So it's going to confront poverty, religion, false Christianity systems that have been taught for hundreds of years from Roman Catholicism, which is nothing less than Jesuit sorcery of hell. (laughs) A complete and total pagan religion pretending to be Christianity for hundreds of years will be incinerated And like Mike Bickle says, the entire expression of Christianity be changed in one generation. What it's going to be changed to? The actual reality of on earth as it is in heaven. Can you even imagine your physical man having a Wells Fargo bank that's a 24-carat mountain bigger than Everest? That would be the beginning of understanding God's treasury. And that will come into the realm of the natural through this generation. So that's what the expression of Christianity is going to be changed to. That's called the glory of God. (laughs) Amen. And I know people are going to get excited about it. People have really, really been attacking this stuff because it's true. Satan doesn't allow persecution much to stuff that's not true. He'll be like, he'll promote that. We have 100,000 followers on YouTube in one year. False success of the demon of pride lifting the flesh on the top of the temple. Cast yourself down, for it is written, angels will protect you so you don't dash your foot against the stone. Quoting scripture, lifting, exalting people in ministry, left and right. People have been telling me all this stuff about favor. 
15 years. I know it's false favor. I see Satan lifting you up in the temple because you're selling out, watering it down, getting it acceptable of what they can eat in the church. Listen, those people will be nobodies in the coming kingdom of heaven. I have walked with hundreds of leaders that are cowards that would bow to man instead of bowing to God's glory. They will not be leaders in the coming kingdom of heaven revival. That's why there are people freaking out. They have already forfeit their ability to lead by watering it down to be acceptable inside church buildings. I remember when the drunken glory started in 2008. It was spun out of the Lakeland revival. And we just continued. We really just kept the torch. We were drunk down in Lakeland for months. Got three gold teeth in Lakeland. And I was, I mean, it was so wild. It was so drunk. And God's like, you need to magnify this and keep it going. And we did since 2008. The media ministry of Red Letter Ministries spun out of the Lakeland Revival in Florida from God TV. That's how all this media came about 12 years ago. He says, continue the, the wine, pressing into the wine, the drunken glory movement. Really is what brings forth the sons of God. And I remember Bob Jones up on stage in Lakeland and he said, this is the last Pentecostal revival. What does that mean? The next one is the marriage supper of the Lamb, the bride's revival. Guess where that one takes place? On the streets. 100% outside the walls of the church. It's going to be society-wide. It's going to be in the school buildings. It'll be everywhere except inside Christianity. You watch. It'll be everywhere except in Babylon's Christianity, Jezebel's Christianity. They'll be the only ones that don't have it. Because that's the main thing that's been fighting it coming into being for decades now. <laughs> false prophetic, false apostolic networks, watered down glory knowledge that's preached in churches, trying to pretend like it's the knowledge of the glory, just acceptable stuff. Don't want to be too harsh, don't want to be too real. People pleasing demons. <laughs> that won't get you drunk. Watered down wine. Just pour it out. Piss. God won't drink it. God wants to drink the strongest stuff mixed with opium. It's called mixed wine. Written in the book of Proverbs. Do you know that the mixed wine of Proverbs in Solomon's day had opium in it? What about drugs in the Bible? What do you think alcohol is? Mixed wine was far beyond alcohol. Mixed wine was alcohol and drugs. The hardest drug in the world at the time, they would put it in the wine called opium. You've heard of opiates, the opiate epidemic? I'm not condoning drugs. I'm just telling you the truth from history that mixed wine would not just get you drunk. It would get you high. And God is going to mix his wine and the best mixed wine for last. You'll be drunk and high, not on the world, not on sin, not on the bars, not on immorality, not on stupidity, but on God's wisdom, wisdom mixed her wine. And Solomon, in all his wisdom, was referring to the sensation of God's glory after he slaughtered a thousand bulls. He knew that was the truth. He wrote about it in Ecclesiastes 12. Truth is, obey God and his commandments. No other reason to be down here. Hallelujah. He did everything wrong to learn everything right, just like you. <laughs> Amen. Are you still learning? 
Amen. All the falsities of the flesh to build up the spiritual realities because the flesh nature is the types and shadows of the spirit nature. So Solomon is saying in Proverbs 9, wisdom's mixed wine, that opium, best wine, strongest high, the hardest drugs on planet earth, in that day in the world was a substance called mixed wine. He's saying you want the hardest drugs, it's in God's spirit. He'd already done all the other drugs. He'd already had all the other parties. He tried everything in the whole world. <laughs> and he says, you know what's supreme? Wisdom. God's spirit. The kingdom of heaven. The creator's original intention for this planet is what it's all about. And Solomon knows, the teacher, because he did everything else and told future generations, you will never bring anything new into the planet. It's been done before. Nothing new under the sun. Oh, you got a new technological gizmo? Listen, the spirit behind it been done hundreds of times before you're here. You think you got revelation? They got revelation before you got it. Long before, before you were here. Nothing new. The issue is, can you drink it and manifest it and give God the glory as you channel it? What are the friends of the bridegroom? The sons of God, the servants of others that learn how to mix the wisdom of heaven, God's spirit, and give everyone a drink and awaken hearts. Colossians 1. Christ is our message. Verse 28. We preach to awaken hearts and bring every person into the full understanding of truth. It has become my inspiration and passion in ministry to labor with a tireless intensity with his power flowing through me to present to every believer the revelation of being his perfect one in Jesus Christ. What does the Bible say? We preach to awaken hearts. We mix wine to awaken hearts. We prepare a feast for the nations for their inner man to overtake their outer man. And it's the least religious thing you could ever imagine in Jesus' name. Bless you guys. Support this ministry. Bring in your tithes and offerings into the temple. Melchizedek received the tithes. I would challenge you to start tithing to Red Letter Ministries. We do have need of it for this global work. Growing not just television in Africa, television in Europe, television in America. And it's going to take partners galore that have gotten a revelation of what we're doing in Red Letter Ministries to blow this thing up. You see how we do with a little partnership here. Best sound, best video, 4K, fiber optic, awesome studio, everything upgraded. Glory to glory to glory with consistency on the public stage for 12 years in full-time ministry. We're not backing down. We're more all-in than ever before. Putting your investment in this ministry is a thousand times better and safer and more rewarding than Wall Street, Wells Fargo, Chase Manhattan, all of it. Diamonds, silver, and gold can't compare to the investment you are making as you become partners of Red Letter Ministries. It's true. You are investing into the kingdom age and the sons of God that will transform the world. And it has global impact, and you are rewarded by heaven as you give. As it is written, give, 
and it will be given to you, good measure, pressed down, and overflowing back to you. So you can keep giving, generous giving. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ, I bless all of your spirits with all the apostolic grace of the Lord Jesus to fully energize you with might in your inner man to overcome your outer man and all the lies of the fallen angels be burnt out of your hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. We love you guys. We'll see you tomorrow. Some of you are recovering from wipeout mode. Some of you got wiped out on the last wave. But God's going to cause this wave to pick you up. You're going to soar on the wings of eagles. You ever seen an eagle surfing? Well, it's a supernatural sight, amen? But God's going to cause you to ride the wave like you've never rid it before. And you'll go forth in the power of the Lord, the glory of the Spirit flowing through you. It'll be something that God will do. It'll be the strength of the mighty King. And all you have to do is lean upon Him. And as you do, He cause you to overcome every temptation of evil and sin. So rise up in the power of our God and let the way captivate your life. Yield to the Spirit and jump in the river. He'll change you forevermore. God has given you a victory that no other person can give.